0: Thank you, Kristen, for being here today. We're with Kristen Reyes from uh, Kelly Williams Gateway Realty, and uh, we're going to cover a number of different topics, but one of the first ways we want to kick this off is uh, just talk a little bit about how you got into the business and um, you know where you're at with, with things now.
1: Yeah, so uh, right out of college, my husband played football, so we moved to three different cities around the country. We lived in San Diego, um, Kansas City, and in Virginia, and Everywhere that we went, um, we were kind of on our own as far as finding a place to live and trying to figure out how we could navigate, um, not knowing how long we were going to be there and how long the lease to sign, should we buy something, things like that. So um, Kendall and I, my husband and I, kind of figured it out on our own, the neighborhoods to live in, the the um, types of properties that we wanted to be in, and... We naturally became liaisons for other people on the team that needed help. There weren't you know, resources available to us from the team itself, as, as far as the teams we were on, that uh, could help us. So we would help different players and their wives or their significant others just figure out where would be the best fit for them and um, if they should lease or buy. And it was just something that I really enjoyed, and that was kind of how I knew that I wanted to get into real estate and then once my husband had retired and we moved back to New Hampshire full time, um, that was when I really went full force, got my license, started helping people, and uh, yeah, here we are. <laughs>
0: nice, and how did you go about that process? So like, <clears throat> you get drafted into your first team, do you go in, do you buy right away, or what? what's the process there like?
1: So we thought about it. There's guys, you know, if you make millions of millions of dollars right away then yeah go go buy especially if you we have financial advisors so they're gonna tell you it's probably smarter at that point to buy but for people that you're not super confident with how long you're going to be in one city just makes more sense to rent because if you do buy it's great you have this asset but you're gonna always feel like you need to go back to either sell it or to spend time there or do something with the property so um, we always rented. We thought about buying in San Diego since we were there for four years, but it just we um, aren't that good at staying in one place for very long. <laughs> so our one home for very long. So we actually moved to four different rentals in San Diego. We just kept liking the next one better than the last one. <laughs>
0: right, right. Well, a lot to like in yeah. different places in but San Diego. Figured we'd enjoy so. all of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and so you know, as you moved around a little bit. Um, did you end up buying anything anywhere or
1: no our first house that we bought was uh, on shadow lake in Wyndham. windham oh, nice. we bought a two-bedroom cabin so uh my husband was uh still playing when we bought it and we were like oh this is going to be the perfect off-season house it's a two-bedroom log cabin right on the lake uh our parents can just take care of it when we're not there it was very affordable at the time so uh we didn't really have to worry about it uh, taking care of it or anything the, the maintenance costs and uh six months into him, into us owning that home. He got cut, and then he got injured, and then we moved back home. And I was pregnant with our second child, and I had the most severe anxiety and claustrophobia <laughs> in this 1,000 square foot home and on a lake where my already toddler was just trying to bolt into the water all the time. On a dirt road where I couldn't stroll. It was uh, so we immediately moved. <laughs> we put, so my first real estate transaction, which I think is pretty common for people, was my own house. Um, right. I, I had to get out of that
0: house. Right. Right, right, and I mean, it makes you well qualified to start right. discussing you know what the pros cons uh, ins and outs of owning your own place are, mm-hmm. uh, so how many properties are you up to now as far as buying and selling and retaining and
1: this is our third home that we've lived in, and we have two income
0: properties, right, okay, yeah. so yeah, I mean, and again, especially with you know the demographic, if you're working with a group of young families and things like that. Yeah, you know exactly what they're going to go through because mm-hmm. you've already went through it yourself. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's what I love about the job is actually being able to help people. You know, this is a very overwhelming process for a lot of people. And you're working with somebody that you don't don't know and you're just trusting in your realtor that they're going to navigate you through this whole process correctly and to your best interests. And I mean, that's, that's what I love about this. I love knowing that I'm doing really a great job my client and that they're going to be happy with the outcome
0: right and it's awesome too because i mean it's it's very relatable because you you already know you know exactly you've been through it um and you're able to help them figure out things that they haven't even thought about on their own so Yeah. yeah that's that's a it's a great position problems to yeah exactly
1: <laughs> and solve them before they're a problem
0: <laughs> yeah i mean transaction specifically you know i've said for years that you know this whole industry could be a comic book or something oh, along those yeah. lines because there's so many different things that happen which is also another great reason that you know it's, it's a fun business to be in because nothing is ever the same
1: yeah exactly have you had any uh crazy things happen this year
0: Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) We get all kinds of weird things, you know. Um, You know, we have there, there'll be something in the transaction where an appraiser will make a comment about something completely innocent. And then the next thing you know, you're delaying closing for three weeks. Mm Or, you know, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Or, you know, you don't get, um, you know, we've seen situations where, you know, you have water in the basement, and then you have to go back and tell an underwriter, well, we've had the wettest summer on record. So, a little bit of seepage through the cracks is not going to be uncommon and you have to deal with things like that. And there's, there's so many little nuanced things that go on that we really, we have to hold information sometimes because we don't want to create any panic in the right. transaction. So the stuff we see on the financing side doesn't necessarily go out to the general population a lot because there's no reason to create any panic. But yeah. Yeah. Every day we see something new.
1: Yeah. Same. <laughs> Fighting fires. All the yeah. time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's uh, it's some of it's damage control, some of it's firefighter. You know, it's a lot of different hats in this thing. So
1: yeah, what have you? Um, sorry, I'm asking all the questions now, but <laughs> oh no, this is an interview process. <laughs> yeah, right. What uh, what have you seen? I know what I've seen with the market. You know, right now we could talk about that too. But what have you seen? And you know, going into fall with buyers and sellers.
0: Yeah, you know. We get a lot of pre-approval interest. We have a lot of people that are, um, that want to start the process. They don't know where to start. Um, and you know, my, I think my my advice to everybody is is do it now. Just look at it now. And you know, we can help create the roadmap once we know where we stand today. So you know, if you qualify, great. Then this is the next step. If you don't, then here are some things you can work on. You know, to get. So the one you know, sort of mantra I've tried to live by is that it's never no, it's kind of when. Mm -hmm. Um, But right now, what we're seeing a lot of is, you know, people still think you're going to get that, you know, air quote deal out there. Uh, But the reality is, is that the market's still extremely competitive. We are fortunately seeing, um, at least we're hearing that there's more inventory coming on. Some of it is sitting a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is, is good for the first time buyers. You know, the first time buyers make up like, almost 70% of the market. So um, we try to get these guys really just to get, you know, get their stuff together now, get your income together, you know, is your job situation secure, you know, give us all the details so that we can help, you know, really get that um, solidified and you know exactly what you can go after when you want to, when you're ready to do it. So yeah,
1: I love that. Yeah, in the fall, I think that the strategy for especially first-time home buyers is if you see something that you love like let's just pounce on it because you know in the springtime we would wait until after the open houses because you know you're going to get you know 10 offers or whatever it is so it wasn't as important to get in as quickly but right now if you can just get in and give the seller a solid offer that both parties are comfortable with get it done and don't even like, you know, don't let the seller even worry about how many offers they're going to get or what they might miss out on.
0: No, I, I agree. And then, you know, we've, we've talked about this internally here in our last several meetings is that historically going back five years, at least here, the fourth quarter has been our biggest quarter uh, as far as financing goes, because you still have that idea that, you know, you may get that deal in late fall or early winter, when in reality, there may just be more options on the table for you, mm-hmm. um, and that's proven to be the case: is that a lot more options come on the table. You know, you get to the end of summer, and for the most part, the people who've wanted to get into their school system or their specific town or whatever the case may be, they're they're there, they're settled, and a lot of those people in the spring who are outbid now come back around and have opportunity again. Right, and so. You know, we get a lot of calls and we always, I think we do a good job of staying on top of any expired pre-approvals and things like that because we just want to get a, a, a gauge on where these guys are in the buying process. Are they still looking, you know, are they frustrated because they hadn't found anything in six months, but that's a, you know, it's all just part of the process. So it's, let's see where we stand today. And then we'll put you in a position to go now.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I say, um, you know, the fall is the best time to buy, but I still, I got beat out yesterday by an, a house that had six <laughs> offers. So <laughs> you never right. know. It's, you know,
0: and again, it just depends on, um, you know, its location, right? I mean, yeah. real estate, That that's the one thing that that's great about it. And it's, it's unique to our businesses is that it's hyper local. Uh, there's very specific reasons people want these specific towns mm-hmm. and, if you just happen to be caught on a day where those same six people want the same house, yeah. they're just going to offer whatever they want to get. It.
1: Yeah, we were saying before, the best house in the best neighborhood is always going to sell. You know, in most markets, it's always going to sell for the, the best price, the fastest. But this past year, we saw all of these decent houses in okay neighborhoods, you know, getting astronomical sales prices just because of the demand up here. But in the fall is you know where you might those decent houses are going to maybe sit for a little bit longer they still might end up getting you know at or above asking but they're probably not going to go in the first couple of days um, but I would say to you know to people who have those houses that maybe it's not the nicest one in the neighborhood or it's not the best road um, get ready you know get your house ready now get your finances in order figure out a plan so that you can sell in the spring because going to get crazy again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is. I mean, and, you know, all indications are it's going to be this way at least for the next year. I mean, at the very least, you know, I mean, we've still got um, a very, very strong real estate market in this particular area. Um, How are you getting your message out to, you know, sellers, to potential buyers? Like, how are you reaching those guys and, and, you know, telling them here's here are the things you should be doing?
1: Yeah. So with sellers, with um, I'll do Um, geographical, you know, um, what's it called lead generation, I'll, I'll pick the neighborhoods that I know have people that may be intending to sell and target that area and get a lot of uh, listings that way. As far as buyers, it's almost all referrals or social media. Speaking of social media, how has your journey been?
0: (laughs) My journey's been great because I have great people behind me that do all this stuff for me. So they take, they get to take all the credit. They come around, they take all these nice pictures of me and uh, make me look good out there. (laughs) Are you enjoying it? Um, Absolutely, and I've embraced it, I would say, quite a bit. Um, Yeah. You know, to the extent that I actually will now post on my own a little bit here and there. There you go. And it's, it it was... um, For me, it was just you know so many years of referral-based business, right? Mm -hmm. And and it still is, right? That's that's how we make our living, both of us. Um, But you do have to be out there, and you got to put your you got to put your face out there, your name out there, and let people know what you do and share your successes. Reminding people. That's it, you know. So and and what I talk to our sales guys about a lot is, um, you know, it's staying in front of their people and their referral partners all the time because. It's very easy to get off track with that relationship, um, just by not staying in front of them one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you work really hard to build a good relationship. You have a lot of transactions that go really well, but then next thing you know, if you don't, you know, maintain that, it can go south in a hurry. Yeah. So. Well,
1: and it's both of our industries were being paid for the services that we're providing, right? And so, to be able to. Project what you can offer, and show people that you really know what you're talking about, and um, the value that you could bring to them is is so helpful, especially when people are already spending so much time on social right. media every day. You know, if you look at your phone usage, mine, anyways, is like three hours a day that oh, yeah. I'm spending on it. So <clears throat> right. I may as well be finding people who need my help that I, you know, that I want to work with.
0: So absolutely, and I think you know, and and doing the right. Um, targeting it the right way and getting your message out the right way is as important and I think that that was really my the thing that sort of prevented me from doing it more early on was okay what was the right way to get my message out when in Mm -hmm. reality just don't overthink it just get yourself out there right and so that was sort of a roadblock Have you done one of these
1: yet? (laughs) (laughs)
0: isn't that tiktok (laughs) so my kids get me involved yeah my kids get me involved in that and you know i'm not sure i'm ready to go down that road however i do have an assistant that has been pitching tiktok to me and you know we actually did make a video yeah
1: (laughs) refinance rates are low
0: that's a good idea so i think we we should spend more time on this Um, because i did one of those where it's like uh, who's the, you know, most likely to be the bad one, you know, and you point to one of your kids and that oh, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I've gone through that I exercise. A few it, times. Yes. So yeah, if, if you follow my nine-year-old, she'll be, <laughs> <laughs> she's really the TikTok star of the house. That's so <laughs> Um, but no, it, it has been, it's been a huge help. Um, and the, you know, there's a lot of value, like you said, right. in getting yourself out there, not the least of which are the classes we're teaching now. And so, that in and of itself, being able to get up in front of a room full of people, knowing you're the professional that's talking about the industry and um, you know, giving all the reasons why you should be the go to, right? It's not like when you're going for a listing, that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing, right? Like you should use me because here's my portfolio behind me. This is what I've sold, you know, million plus on Cobbett's Pond and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, like those are that's big credibility. so
1: yeah, it's so scary. I'm now I'm used to it, but you know, at the beginning when, when I first started going into people's houses and, and, you know, telling them what I, what I felt like would be the best price for their home and, um, teaching them the process of selling and everything was so scary for me.
0: (laughs) Why was that? Just because of what you you um, thought maybe you were going to be undervalued? Yeah. I
1: think at the beginning, naturally you would think you're not qualified enough for it, even though. I'm the one with the access to the information that would tell them really what they need to do or right. what I would recommend they do. Um, it's just scary going in and, you know, I'm, not, I'm the type of person I just want to help. So going in and, um, I don't know, it just, it gave me a lot of anxiety. Now but, I'm, now. It,
0: it's, well, yeah, now you're a veteran <laughs> yeah, and you've you got that. hundreds of homes under your <laughs> yeah. belt and all that. But like the, inf- the information is power thing is, is a real thing, right? So the holder of the knowledge. Really should be the most confident one because really you're giving them your expertise, mm-hmm. right? You know better than they do exactly what this place will sell for, and if you get them into a range um, and that they're at least willing to accept, it's either going to be a bidding war type of thing, or you know this is one that may need a niche buyer or mm-hmm. something along those things, along those lines. But I can I can understand where that where you come in with that because you know a lot of times when we want to work with. Um, you know, in a particular area, like if we go to Boston or something along those lines, and it's just super jumbo loans for high rise condos and things like that, we get the same sort of thing, right? It's like, okay, what do we have for outlets for this? And we have to figure (laughs) out how we're going to like, you know, make these types of transactions work. Yeah. Uh, So it's a similar kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Um, So how is, how are you guys projecting for everything to go? I know that you, you go off of obviously the market data showing that the interest rates are going to be staying low and we should, you know, see this crazy market continue into 2022. Um, Do you, people that you're currently working with, what advice do you give them? You know?
0: Yeah, you know, last year was, you know, 2020 was a different year because there was so much emphasis on declining rates. I mean, they, they really, they went down a percent and a half, which was highly significant. And it saved people trillions of dollars and it boosted home equity as home prices rose. And there was all kinds of huge advantages. This year, we <clears throat> still have a little bit of that on the refi side, but you know, not, nothing lasts forever, right? Mm-hmm. So what we tell people, at least what I tell people, is that you can never time the market. You can't ever time the top and the bottom. It's, it's like anything else and you're trying to buy or sell something. So now is always the best option because... It could change for the better, and yeah, maybe you missed out on, you know, an eighth of a percent on an interest rate. But at the end of the day, when that only costs you ten dollars a month, it's not that big a deal. Right. But if you missed out on an opportunity to buy a home in Wyndham for, you know, five fifty last year, and you want to come back, and this year you look at it and it's eight hundred, well that you really missed an opportunity, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, and, and that's real in real estate though, that's real dollars. And, you know, if you buy when you're ready to buy, then that's the right time.
1: Right. Yeah. That's what I, I was saying before I get, um, a lot of questions from people that are saying, do you think I should just renovate my current home, put on an addition or whatever it is, or buy a new home? And I'm, I'm like, well, what's gonna make you happier? Do you do you love the home that you have if you put on the addition or is it still not going to be the home that you want? Right. Because then you want to buy,
0: <laughs> you <laughs> right. know? Right, but, and it's, and in a lot of cases, and you know this because, you know, you're looking at home sale contingencies a lot, right, is, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder for these, these buyers and these sellers. Like, you know, do you, I sell and, now and make a boatload of money and where do I go you know how are you dealing with that with with clients right because we deal with that in a whole different way
1: (laughs) yeah we I have three home sale contingencies right now and um, it's definitely challenging you know what my biggest thing has been um, dealing with whether I'm on the selling side or the buying side just dealing with buyers remorse because naturally with the prices being high this year a lot of buyers don't understand that yes it's high but you're getting lower interest rate but with that being said, they'll they'll see you know the price tag that they're paying for something after overbidding five other offers, and they get nervous about it right after con- going under contract. So one of the home sale contingencies I have, the sale fell through the second day because of buyer's remorse. The second offer came, and now they're back under contract. It, it ended up working out, but have you seen that a lot with buyers yeah, getting
0: nervous? We definitely do. Um, And and part of it is, is that they think they're going in and they're saying, well, you know, we're paying way over, you know, what we think it's worth. And at the end of the day, it's going to sell to somebody. And whatever that person is willing to buy it for is really what the value is. Yeah, what the
1: market warrants.
0: Um, And what's interesting, and, and this is my take on it, but, you know, Real estate really moves west to east. You know, California is its own little world, but like, I, I always go back to Denver, having lived there for a long time, and, um, and still have family who you know, have lived there during their boom. And it's not unlike what's happened in Boston, except it's been a 20-year cycle of real estate in Denver where the population has doubled, and home prices continue to go up, and a lot of relocation happened there. I feel like the Northeast is just catching up because there's so many great things about the Boston area. You know, you've got mountains, lakes, oceans, all the good stuff uh, like that. But your employment is unbelievable. The employment opportunities are awesome. Mm -hmm. So we're getting to a point now where this is a relocation center. And these values are, I think they're substantiated for sure, um, so I don't think we're going to see a market where those values come way down because there's so much demand to live here and you are getting good high paying jobs in the area. So it's, um, yeah, I think we're, I think we're in good shape here for a while. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's been interesting to see just, I think naturally people will start, they'll leave Boston and then they'll start looking in, you know, North Andover, Reading, and then they'll look at, a little bit more north, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then they
1: finally take that huge leap to go over the invisible line into New Hampshire right, to exit right. one,
0: right? <laughs> yes, in Salem. Yes, and exit three. The country. As in
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like five minutes past the border, right. but you can get so much more for your money and a uh, and great school systems. And you know, we're thirty-two mile. My house is thirty-two miles north of the downtown Boston.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it is. That's a, it's a very, <laughs> it's an often overlooked thing. And the thing that's interesting to me is that, so the COVID year uh, for real estate was completely uh, opposite of what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be, but I have a lot of friends um, and I'm wondering how this is going to end up, but you know, all their companies said, well, you know what, you're remote now. This is, you're just going to work remote. And then they went and they bought houses in the mountains and in the lakes, and that's just where they set up shop. They sold their stuff around here. So I'm wondering if these people are going to start to migrate back down yeah. towards this area when they're forced back into the offices. <laughs> or you maybe know? get a studio so, apartment downtown. And Austin. then when you think about, like, all the new construction that's going to continue to happen, it's going to have to happen, especially in southern New Hampshire, to just create more um, housing opportunity, I'm just... I'm wondering if last year really set us up for continued you know, real estate opportunity going forward for the next couple of years. for sure.
1: Yeah, a lot of people that come to us, they want something either new or built in, you know, 2015 or after just because they're afraid of the maintenance. Moving from, you know, South Boston where you only take care of one floor of a triple decker and even the exterior was taken care of by the HOA, it's all of a sudden having 3,500 square foot colonial. They're terrified. (laughs) So they want something that's pretty new. And I mean, that's going to keep justifying the new building.
0: It definitely is. I mean <clears throat> and these, these cluster housing, you know, uh developments that are you know, that are happening all over, Londonderry, Wyndham, Salem. Um, I think again you're gonna see a lot more opportunity with, with stuff like that. So do you work with builders now or?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. one builder but no
0: right right yeah okay. i mean there's a huge opportunity there to you know to jump in and make it part of your regular business because if you're yeah, start to start to list yeah. there any
1: builders <laughs> that are looking to work with kristen Reyes? i am here i'm willing all
0: right we're, we're putting <laughs> yeah. that out to you so <laughs> listen <the universe>. up <laughs> nice that's good um yeah so talk to me a little bit about how um you know, you sort of manage your business and like that sort of entrepreneurial, um, you know, play that goes into this, right? Because you are self-employed as a real estate agent. You don't. We don't get paid until these these transactions close. So yeah. How do you sort of manage that and three kids and all that? Uh, so I have a course. coach.
1: <laughs> That's how. <laughs> uh, you know, why? because I uh, I naturally will always want to be the mom first. That's right. just, that's my role. That's where I am in life. My kids are six, three, two, too. And uh, in order to have consistent business all the time, you know, you have to be motivated all the time to keep up with goals and to keep commitments to get to those goals. And so um, I have a coach that kind of helps me with that kind of thing with just like okay, you're in you're in it right now. I'm in it right now. I have so many transactions going on, but those are all going to end at some point, and so I gotta keep keep going to get to the next ones. And so, um, but they all go to school. That's how I manage it. <laughs> A coach. They all go to school, and then yeah, I've been trying to just kind of build up the people around me because you know the the quote like you're you are the sum of the five people around you or the average or whatever it is, but. I feel as if there are so many people that I'm good friends with that have just amazing talents and amazing qualities and they are capable of so much and whether or not they're willing or ready to do it right now or if they want to in the future, I always want to be a resource to them where they could just bounce ideas off of or, you know, get advice for how, hey, I'm really good at this, do you think this could ever become something? Um, Because elevating them is only going to end up elevating myself. And and it just makes me feel good to see people not trapped in just being a stay-at-home mom. Like, you're so good at so many things. Let's find you a way to, you know, either make money off of it or volunteer doing something. Find something outside of the home that's going to really feed your soul and make you happy and make you... Live the life that you want to live.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think that's that's a great outlook on things, you know. And that's one of the things we talk about here a lot internally, and you know, especially we bring new people into our weird little world, (laughs) Um, and we talk about you know not putting limitations on yourself and being whatever you want to be, right? And lifting everybody up around you, and that's that's a big thing because everybody's wired differently, Mm -hmm. right? There there are the leaders of the pack that are just gonna. You know, they're ultimately forward thinking and that they don't live within any, you know, confines of a box, right? Um, for me, it took me a long time to get out of that um, because I, based I was so based on structure, right? Mm-hmm. So we go back to the social media thing. I'm like, I don't know if that fits in my box. <laughs> yeah. But then when you just get it out there and you get yourself out there and you take the limitations off yourself, like what you are able to accomplish without any limitations is just, it's 100% up to you and whatever yeah. you want to make whatever
1: it. you're willing to do the work for is what's going right. to come back. <clears throat>
0: so. You know, I, and I actually told our, our guys today in our sales meeting, so I'm running a marathon in a couple weeks and well, you know, I've, done, I've done a bunch <laughs> of these. And you know, one of the things that you have to do is there are non-negotiables, right? Like I look at my week every week, I know what runs I have to do. I can't miss any of those because you can't just go run 26.2 and Mm -hmm. if you do you're going to be some real problems (laughs) down the road Um, but there are things you can tweak along the way right so as long as you have a plan you know a general outline of it then you go and get it right and so I can deviate from that plan but the activity still has to happen so Maybe the run doesn't happen at five a m it happens at six thirty at night, and either way, you're doing it in the dark right now, right, mm-hmm. but it has to happen because it's a non negotiable activity for that day, yeah, so you know if you hold yourself to that standard in your business life, right, like I know there are certain things I just have to do like I'm teaching a class next week and or tomorrow actually and that's non-negotiable. That has to happen tomorrow for me to get what I want out of it and for, you know, the realtors that I'm giving this to to get what they want out of it. So mm-hmm. I just try to get it all done. It doesn't have to be 100 hours a week, but it does have to be defined somewhat.
1: Right, yeah. There's things that you absolutely have to do every week if you want your business to be successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and really, you know, it's on a daily basis, you know, and you think about it. As long as you're moving, you know, moving the needle and not ever really, you know, you always want to sort of look back on experiences but never really dwell in the past right you because that gets you nowhere so mm-hmm. it's if you're forward thinking about it and just say okay what can I do differently I learned from this situation you know it happens all the times and in, in, in every single transaction we do you know like what could have been done done differently mm-hmm. or that type of thing so yeah yep Thank you for coming in today and sharing your story and um, keep going with the social media stuff. The media guys have you here and um, anything you need from the lending side, you know, you've got 100% of our support, particularly me. So um, <laughs> yeah, if you need anything, um, we're happy to help. It was great having you here in studio. So yeah, thank you thanks for, for having coming. me. Thanks. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks very much.